Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth, the show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Our company, ProFunds Mortgages, has assisted real estate investors in achieving wealth for over two decades. Over the next 30 minutes, we're going to share some of our key strategies in real estate with you, right here on 30 Minutes to Wealth. Hi, I'm Carmen and this is Jordan. Welcome to 30 Minutes to Wealth. The show that teaches you how to build wealth through real estate. Today on the show, we are excited to bring on an investor that has completed over 150 projects to date and is going to talk to us about how to scale your business. I'm thrilled to have, or we're thrilled to have, Robbie Clark on the show. He has closed on over 60 properties in under 12 months. Robbie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We're going to talk about how you scaled your real, your real estate business, and you did it in quite a phenomenal like time frame. time frame. In eight years, you've done an incredible job, and also how perseverance came into this and, and everything you've been through and how that has led to where you are today today. So talk to us a little bit about yourself and your background. To summarize, long story short, grew up in entertainment, was very successful. Yeah. Uh, didn't really get many credits in high school. I believe I had about eight or nine and the first two was gym and art. And, <laughs> uh, and then at 17, I decided that I was going to move out to California because mm-hmm. I had quite a bit of success uh, acting in Canada. Um, the only issue was at the time is I was no longer focused on acting anymore. I was focused on all the, the fun time, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> partying a little yeah. bit, but mixed martial arts as well too, which I'm yeah. a, a very big you know fan and supporter of and was training uh, out uh, in mm-hmm. Canada first and then out there. And so I had a lot of fun for a couple of years and wound up uh, coming back home just because I wasn't really focused or motivated in, right. in acting. I uh, wound up spending all my money, so went uh, bankrupt at 21 or 22 years old. Um, wow, that must our- have been tough. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it was. I mean, it, from going to starring on TV and being in high school and then uh, serving tables is a, it was a bit of a, a lifestyle shock. change, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. But it, it also gave me um, uh, some advantages. Yeah, correct. Like w- one of the things I say, I feel like I had an unfair advantage growing up to some other people in terms of my goal setting, because I was you know, fortunate enough to work with some really mm-hmm. crazy people. Like at a young age, I did you know movies with uh, Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, um, Will Ferrell, Molly Shannon. Wow. Uh, Olsen twins. And Olsen all these, twins. See, yeah, that would have been cool. For, yeah, I, mean, I was usually the Olsen, Olsen twins. twins. <laughs> uh, they were my favorite too, right? I don't think they felt the same about me, but that's okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Mary Kate was, yeah, she was, had a big crush for a while. But, <laughs> but so uh, because of that, I was around all these yeah. crazy people growing up who, you know, were the top or whatever, and people like put them on a pedestal, mm-hmm. and I was able to humanize them. So always at a young age, I felt like, you know what? Anything that anybody could do is possible. And this, this pertained yeah. to sports, acting, and anything that I did. And I've always had that kind of philosophy. And I lost it for a little while from about 22 to 25. I was still motivated and I could still talk. I could still do things. But I wasn't as uh, confident in what I could do. And I was trying to figure it out. And it wasn't until I was about 25 where I started listening to audiobooks. I really started with the Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert mm. Kiyosaki. And that was your you start with real that? estate? All through that. Yeah, that's 100%. what started on me, too. I read that book, and I said, hmm, <laughs> cash flow quadrant. Yeah, you know what it is? And he dumbs it down, too, and it's yeah. like one of my buddies told me it's a feel-good book, but it's mm-hmm. also, you know, just dumbing it down. This is an asset. This is a liability. And Robert Kiyosaki has a way of being, like, dumbing it down, like I said, which I love to do because yeah. it makes it approachable for everybody. Yeah. You don't read that book and go, what is he talking about, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many financial books where you will do that and kind of, mm-hmm. all right, it's two steps ahead. But that one, you're like, you could read those books. I tell people, you don't want to read another book. Read his series of books and, you know, you'll be on your way just following that. Yes. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. 
But that that kind of got me started. And then, you know, we talk about 60 homes and everything. There were a lot of mistakes that were made um, prior to being able to pull off something like that. And it's the education that's allowed me to be able to, to do that as well, too, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I had... The, the one thing I will do is I'll jump into things quickly and I'll make more mistakes than anybody, which is why I'm able to grow you've faster. You've learned a lot from them. So you've been investing in real estate for about eight years now? Yes. Yeah. Since 2012, I believe. Yeah. And how many properties do you own? Uh, well over 100 now. Um, but uh, yes, uh, well over 100 and, and we've completed uh, over 150 projects. Wow. So your wow. your method is all about high volume. Why is that kind of the strategy that you yeah. guys decided to do? Yeah, I'll be honest. So like eight years ago when I, I started looking in Hamilton and I started looking in St. Catharines and the agent, uh, Juan, who I was working with at the time, I was like, you know, I always had the plan of being, you know, we're going to buy a hundred homes. I had no money, but I was like, we're going to buy a hundred homes. And so Hamilton, I was looking at, but I couldn't, when looking at the renovations at the time, which I didn't know much about, I knew I couldn't afford, you know, lead piping, all these things I'd never heard about. I was like, it's mm-hmm. too, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. So we went a couple steps further to St. Catharines and I was like, you know what, this town looks great. Even at the time, I understood the cost to build, not like I do now, but mm-hmm. I understood that like there's a disconnect in in the market there, right? And even then, I knew that like in Canada, we have this anomaly, which is high cap rate, low vacancy uh, cities, which doesn't mm-hmm. exist in the States. You say that there, they're like, what are you talking about, right? Like, and, and because of that, it's like, okay, well, then there's a disconnect. If these homes are still $150,000 because, you know, the market hasn't risen in 25 years, well, the cost of labor and lumber is always going up. Mm-hmm. So I always kind of had that, like, I felt like I was buying at a discount, like a stock that's been hit, you know, badly for no reason. And I always kind of, you know, before Burr was the thing, nobody knew what Burr was. I was like, well, if you increase the value and you well, get some Well, why don't you tell us what yeah, Burr is? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Just yeah, for Burr. everyone who may not know I, what it is. I see this everywhere. <laughs> I know it's the new word. Well, new from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't around uh, 20 years ago. No, it, it, that's it. By it was, but it wasn't called that. But yeah, there you go. I don't think there was a name for it. There wasn't enough people doing it, right? Yeah. So, but buy, rent, renovate, refinance. Now, I'm, I'm a huge uh, fan of this method, especially in small towns. I actually have a philanthropic, you know, approach, I say, to what we do because these cities that we're going into, uh, the number one contributing factor of an economy or a city or anything being in a recessionary environment mm-hmm. is the real estate market. Mm-hmm. If the real estate market is below the price of build, you have a recessionary environment. And this is because in Canada, we have high home, home ownership, but even yeah. in the States, it's over well over 50%, right? So if you're telling all these people to buy homes and then it's going to go up in value, the whole point of housing is to create that middle class and to have it rise with inflation over time. And then you get the benefits of, you know, more than inflation. If you have 20% down, well, it's mm-hmm. 20 times five. So your return over time is going to be better. That's why most people's wealth is in their in their home, right, right. For, yeah. for middle class. But if you go to a city and you're like, hey, buy this $150,000 home, it's going to go up in value. And then they're stuck there 20 years paying property taxes and everything else. They're losing money on their home. Mm-hmm. So now you've robbed the people who were there doing what the government's saying to do. Yeah. Right? And it's not the government's fault. It's just a, it, you know. Yes, it is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> more. Uh, so, like, that, that's the issue, right? It becomes, yeah. it becomes a, a problem in that city. But then when you see it rise to a level where it's at the price of build, by the time it's at the price of build, I'm out of the city. And that's, that's my goal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, easier said than done. And I'm not in a ton of cities. But that's kind of the philosophy. I've gone with because it's like I'm trying to prep the market I'm going in there and doing as much work as possible and I'll give you a quick story so we once did this area facer um, years ago where we did like seven properties out there and at the time like I was trying to figure out staff and I was like okay I'm a hire property manager because I don't mm-hmm. want to do tenants I'm gonna hire a project manager I'm gonna bring so most of the profits which are you know small I hate to call them pro- it's learning curves going there mm-hmm. but the sales would go to funding the staff and it was me trying to figure out a way, how do I scale this and pay for staff so I can, you know, 
do this differently. So there was a lot of trial and error where you know buy a few homes and you have to sell two to mm -hmm. pay for pay for bills, right? And we're in this area of Facer where we sold six or seven properties. We might have done. I won't even put a number on how much profit, but it wasn't it wasn't huge. Okay. And you know, but we did double the value of the homes. It's just when you add in holding costs, interest, yeah. renovations. So I was doing it more for liquidity than the actual profits. But we had one of the neighbors come up to us. They had their home appraised for one hundred and sixty-five thousand a year before. They got it appraised for three hundred a year and a half later, three hundred and twenty. Mm -hmm. And they came back and they're like, "Yo, Rob, we we were." want to thank you because the work you've done it's seven homes in this like 500 home area but they're mm -hmm. like we got an extra 150 170,000 on our property we just refinance it and we retired because they were looking to, Aww, to do an extra awesome. that's awesome yeah. which is great it's you know good for them for buying it's not me doing it but when i did the math i was like what's 500 times 100,000 what we did right there is we unlocked 50 million dollars of capital in that part that that really needed it. and just that one move right there mm -hmm. whether they know it or not and that's the reality of what you did with that situation and unless we go out there and force it, because at the time we had appraisers, this is four or five years ago, being yeah. like, what are you doing putting money in here? Mm -hmm. I'm like, do you want to live in a depressed city? Like, you own here, don't you? You yeah. guys own a home. Do you not want you me want to, to be here? want to see the value creation there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're in that environment, you grow up there, you don't always see it. So mm -hmm. there's an education gap with appraisers in some of these new cities and, and as well, too. And, like, you go to the mm -hmm. GTA and they, they're like, okay, cool. And it's, and it's a different environment than dealing with yeah. those because, you know, in a lot of ways, they've been robbed. I feel like from, and they've done the right things, especially the property owners. They did what the government said to do, and then you know they're they're. Stuck I, I in get this with that. You know, um, if you deal with local people, they're and and I'm not saying it's not a neg it's not a negative thing. It's just that they're stuck in what they know from mm -hmm. histor historically, right? So mm -hmm. we have an area up north, and uh, the realtors locally, when we were buying real estate there. We're shocked that we were paying these this kind of money. They go, stop overpaying. I'm going, I'm not overpaying. Yeah. You wait. <laughs> yep. It's coming. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, 100%. And, and you know, right? Yeah. And we have a very similar style. Like, I have a macro. Just yesterday, we had one of our appraisers go, hey, I think you overpaid for this one again. I'm like, mm -hmm. did I overpay for a $200,000 duplex that brings in $2,700 a month and needs $15,000 in rentals? Right. I mean, it's all perspective. But the macro sense, I'm like, okay, it's going to cost me $150,000 to buy the land. You're also sitting on, you know, Rock and nickel because you're in Sudbury, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> not any dynamite to, yeah. to build anything. And so it's like I know, you know, new developers. This is why developers don't come to St. Catharines in those areas. It takes some time, and they're and they're coming there now. But they got to sell. Like if you add in admin, everything you go through the matamies, and I'm not going to quote their pricing, but you know, it's going to cost them 250 to 300 dollars a square foot to build by the time they finish everything. So they need that kind of margin to even go in there. Yeah. Guys like me going in there and the other burr you know, specialists going in there and helping raise the value, helping these older roads rise up a little bit so the new builders can come in there and, and, and do really their work as well, too. So is that, um, you know, when you're looking to buy a property, you're really looking for those kinds of areas? Like you mentioned Sudbury and St. Catharines. Are those two of the main locations that you target, or do you invest all over Ontario? Or How do you find these yeah. places? Yeah, so, you know, uh, all great questions. We have a few really good agents that we uh, we work with and kind of section them out to the different cities. So we don't actually work with local realtors too often. We will if they have good projects, but mm -hmm. it's guys who know what we're doing. Like our core has been around for right. for a while. Uh, so honestly, how I find most of them is realtor.ca because I'm not an agent and I don't have uh, access to any of the boards. So I like markets. To me, that is a market. Right, but we have to go to break. So um, hold your thoughts. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to share. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm 
I'm Jordan. This is Carmen. Welcome back to 30 Minutes to Wealth. We're here with our guest, Robbie Clark. Robbie, thanks again so much for joining us. Mm -hmm. We were talking about your very impressive real estate portfolio and how you pick the locations for your investments. So let's dive into that a little bit more because there are a little bit more of those secondary tertiary yeah, markets. Talk exactly. to us about how you pick these locations. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward in terms of what I actually look for, and it's actually a, to mitigate risk, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I don't like going to popular places like the GTA, like number one, because I couldn't afford them. Number two, Same. it's uh, very expensive. Yeah. And, yeah. and they don't cash flow, so they don't work for the bank. Like if you're looking at buying a lot of properties, you need, mm -hmm. you need debt servicing that's going to satisfy the bank. Mm -hmm. They're not going to let you just keep accumulating properties that lose money. So my focus is always high cap rate, low vacancy cities. Now, uh, I said that in the last segment, but we're in an anomaly where we're the most developed, underdeveloped country in the entire world. And the, you know, like I said, the United States, that's an anomaly to have high cap rate, low vacancy cities. Generally, they're, you know, builders will come in when it's under 10% vacancy at about 8%. That in the States is a trigger for builders to start there. And then when it goes above 10%, they're out of the, they're out of the city in the middle can be a little recessionary environments, right? We're much more stable here because of our banking and because we're simply not building enough. I think this past year, we had 200,000 scheduled units to be built. We brought in a quarter million immigrants, less coronavirus, probably another 50, 75,000 illegal immigrants with that, and we're 2% vacancy. Yes, yeah. The numbers don't add up, right? Yeah. So it's just an extremely tight market. So fortunately, we have markets like that, and my that's why I chose St. Catharines to begin with. Now... The cap rates have shrank over the past five, six years because there's more investors going out there. And yeah. now my tip of the day or my top pick is, is now Sudbury where I'm going to, which if you put in the three demographics of you know highest income, lowest uh, vacancy and highest cap rate cities in Ontario right now, it's, it's Sudbury. And Very Sudbury... I'm bullish on Subway too because of the, the, the mining sector out there and a lot of different issues. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah. Dude, there's a lot of good cities. And ultimately, that's what you're looking for is you know high cap rate, low vacancy. And if you're like, well, I can't go to Sudbury, well, I can assure you there's a bunch of property management companies who are already there. Mm -hmm. And you could automate it that way as well, too. So. Yeah. So ultimately, so our viewers understand your, your structure, you find areas that really haven't been targeted yet too much from an investor standpoint. Uh, there's a lot of work needed in the community. So you go in, you create the value. Mm -hmm. And I love doing that because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a market maker too. I love doing that. I love going somewhere and then I start mm -hmm. here and I make it in the most beautiful place. And then I go to the next one and the next one and then we rent them out. And then all of a sudden the neighborhood yeah. starts to evolve. So that's what you do. And then you do it in volume. So you're picking up multiple properties and you're purchasing them, closing with private money or institutional money, doing your thing, getting them renovated, and then you refinance them. Now, this is a really interesting thing, and I'm, I'm, I want to let people know about this, that you can actually have 10, 12 residential houses and get one commercial mortgage on the whole group of them. And a lot of people don't realize yeah. that you could buy single-family homes. Now, some people will think it's not efficient, but... Mm -hmm. In today's market, it's so hard to find an apartment building, right? Extremely difficult. And, and that's the experience investor. So they're already driving up the price on their own. Like yes. most private, uh, larger com commercial deals, and I shouldn't say most, but a lot of them are now private deals yeah. because they, the investors are so savvy. They're like, hey, you know, we're working on cap rates. So here's mm -hmm. what we got. Here's, you know, VD. And there's a lot of things that I, I think, you know, are good and there's transfers of wealth going on now too because you have a lot of those larger commercial buildings in Hamilton, actually everywhere, Toronto, it doesn't matter where, but they were built by the generation in the 50s and 60s and 70s and they're all mm -hmm. retiring and they're liquidating and, and 
giving it out to the you know next children. generation, if you will. Yeah. Or children as well too. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, passed on in the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're raising the values, right? So yes. it's yeah, it's a completely um it's definitely a different It's a different approach. Different game. And and actually I was when I was speaking to you about it, I'm like, wow, that's an awesome idea. I should be doing more of that, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I really, really liked what you guys do, and it's an interesting concept. So, um, now that you've uh, basically done what you want to do in in uh, St. Catharines, you're heading up to Sudbury. Yeah, so we're still in Niagara trying to find deal, but there's a lot of investors out there. I do yes. recommend new investors, like you, know, you find your first turnkey property. That's an area to go to. Brantford, these other areas, yeah. but. Yeah, my personal prediction is that that Sudbury. If you just look at the demographics and the other towns and cities that have come up, Windsor and things like that, this one got left out for no good reason. And uh, ultimately, I don't care because we're there for cash flow. So I would like it to stay lower longer. I just don't think it's it's going, it's going to. to happen. Yeah. And that's why I said again on the macro sense, even if we're not getting all of our values out, like on each property, because you can only do so much work. And our issue is always trying to force as much work as possible. But the margins are like you can't raise it that much in Sudbury right now. So. The rents. Are you talking about the rents? No, sorry, the value of oh, the properties. Okay. Okay. So I would love, I'm going to love the time where we can do more work out there. Because mm-hmm. uh, right now, the, you know, if you try to put $100,000 into a $200,000 property, they're probably going to be like, hey, it's worth two seventy. dollars you know? And there's different areas of Sudbury, New Sudbury, that there's much more expensive homes. But I get it. You have to be careful. So we're always pushing that boundary. It wasn't until a year ago in St. Catharines we could start doing exterior work and even you know, do these extensions where the numbers would make sense on So on how the do you analyze that? Like, how do you understand and know that? And for our viewers, how do they understand how to do this if they want to? Because we want to inspire people to proceed in real estate and, and do what you do and aspire to be what you are. Yeah, I appreciate that. And that's why I love shows and podcasts and I'm an advocate for coaching, although I don't uh, do coaching myself, uh, is because really, uh, you know, I learn by making all my mistakes and, and then having a bunch of problems. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, don't do that again. So we learned to hold off on exterior because we did exterior and it didn't turn out, right? We didn't yeah. get our money back. So I know someone that does that uh, thing too. I'd jump in and go, woohoo, let's yeah, go. Yeah. yeah, I'll get in yeah. more problems than anybody, but I'll also probably solve more than, than yes. the majority mm-hmm. too, I right? Agree with so you. Yep. that's that's and I've always had that philosophy on business. Business is nothing but problems. So if you understand that, the reason why it's goals, we're gonna lead mm-hmm. to that. Why I'm able to do it is I set unrealistic expectations, but they're only unrealistic if you if you think they are, right? I always yeah. say that and you know one thing that's contextually allowed me, like you're like, oh, these multifamily homes. I've seen these all day long, right? So there's yeah. no fear in me taking over uh, a property because I'm so used to it, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you start and you're like, well, I want to get a $5 million building and you've never done it before, you might be able to pull it off. But there's so many problems that you don't know yeah. that you're going to get discouraged before you can finish that, mm-hmm. right? That's right. Mm-hmm. And so I set my goals before knowing the problems to get there. That's number one. And then number two, I don't care what the problems are. We're going to go through it because I've seen... People do crazy things all over the world in every single industry, every single sport, doesn't matter what it is. And I understand that implicitly, that if you know that you're going to do it, you don't fail, you don't give up, that you're going to get there. Well, life's learning lessons. No matter Mm -hmm. what you do, every single time in your period in your life, you're always learning things. And that's my experience. And it doesn't matter. I've been in real estate since I've been 18. And that was just, you know, 10 years ago. And um, yeah, Um, but it's like, there's always a new challenge and there's always something new that you learn. So, and I I don't think it's about getting back up, dusting off the dirt, moving forward and being absolutely determined to get this complete and then have the vision for it, I think. And Mm -hmm. And if anyone has the determination and the desire, 
it will 100% be there. 100%. Yeah. I, I believe in that and the energy and the flows of the universe too. And you kind of need to, even if it's just a therapeutic approach, like, hey, I believe I can do anything mm -hmm. and then it works out. <laughs> well, I don't care. Yeah. It's real in my world. So. Yeah. And, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And you guys said again, analysis, how do I do it? Like people think, I, I get asked all the time, people like advice, like from investors that I'm like, hey, you guys are good. You know more than me, right? And I think the only thing that sets me apart even from some of those, again, is goal setting. Number one, first and foremost, it's just goal setting. I'll say it out loud to myself, to my girlfriend, then I'll say it out loud to other people even if I don't believe it. So I'll be like, mm -hmm. I'm going to buy 100 homes this year. And, you know, we're set up like, okay, we could buy 10, right? And you're like, okay, you keep saying it every day. Eventually, mm -hmm. your brain has to change around in order to figure out ways 100%. to be able to do that, right? Yeah. And so that that does it. And the, my analysis is really now in a macro sense. Now I'm like, okay, how do I go into a city? You're all undervalued. I want all of them, mm -hmm. right? And I try to get them all. And, and that, and that's essentially, it. and then having good relationships with, um, um, private lenders, cause most of ours are, are private lending mm -hmm, deals. Mm -hmm. And then we refinance through a bank, but you just said it before, like a lot of people don't know you can buy one or two homes. And that's, that's a big myth. I was told that all the way growing up, you can only own three or four cause you yeah. go into the branch and that guy doesn't own a home and he's telling you that. So of mm -hmm. course there's a way to do it. Other people yeah. do it. How can I? So don't let anybody tell you that you can't do anything, especially not owning multiple homes. Cause there's always a way. And the one thing I recommend even to new investors again, because the problem is people see it on Instagram, they see that, and you're only seeing the pretty stuff. 95% yes, yeah. of what we deal with is the problems, right? And yeah. it's like, I post a beautiful project and people are like, that's amazing. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, we lost money on that one. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, the crappy one you didn't see yeah. that actually, you know, and yeah. you shouldn't say crappy one, but ones that, you know, were smoother or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. you never know which one's going to be it. You go into everyone expecting a home run, but if you get a single, you should be happy with that and you know mm -hmm. you're not nothing you're not comes easy yeah you got to work it you got to be smart about it you got to be persistent mm -hmm. and you know if if and also you have to work with people that are experienced if you're not so that they can assist that's you, right right mm -hmm. and i think those are the key factors in real estate investing and and perseverance yeah time's up unfortunately it goes so quickly um just a few words to share with our viewers Honestly, you just got to set goals. You got to go for them. If you want to buy your house, you got to make that that step and actually yeah. do it and start easy. Don't try to jump into something huge. Find a cheap home that, you know, oh, I can't property manage. Talk to property managers, right? Do some mm -hmm. research and then get in easy because then when you get to the hardest stuff, it's going to be a lot, a lot easier and you won't yes, be discouraged. Exactly. Well, thank you very much for, for coming yeah, on our thank show. Thank you so much. There's so much amazing information. We could talk to you for definitely another full episode. We'll yes. have to have you on again. <laughs> you. Uh, you. <laughs> thank if you you're interested in learning more about real estate investing, you can go to 30minutes12.com to see the rest of our episodes. That's it. Our time is up. Go create wealth.